Oh, wow. Okay, all right. This is pretty awesome. Got a gift. Uh, if you ever want to leave me gifts right here, it's a good place to leave them, gift cards, things like that. Um, I'm uh, 36, 34, my length, and an extra large shirt. So um, I've been seeing this on Facebook. This is so funny. I don't know who did this, but they brought it out uh, this morning. And this, I've been really wanting this really bad. It says, uh, pastor, because hardcore devil stomping ninja uh, wasn't an official job title. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so I, I can't put it on now because it'll, it'll mess my microphone up, but um, I'm going to, that's awesome. I've got to, I'm wearing that tomorrow. That's amazing. That's good. I don't know who did that. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you. All right. Hey, I, I want to mention this real quick. Last week was incredible, wasn't it? Were you here last week? Was it just amazing? Wow. Okay, three of you thought it was amazing. I just, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was off the chain for me with the bricks. If you weren't here last week, if you're brand new to Core Church, let me first of all say welcome. I mean, we're really glad that you're here. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you, you've, you're in the right place. You're in a safe place. Uh, we're not going to beat you to Jesus. We're not going to brow, you know, just kind of coerce you or twist your arm. We just want to talk to you today, kind of give you, who, tell you who Jesus was, and then that decision is completely up to you. Of course, we hope that decision is going to be to follow Jesus, but you're in, a, you're in a safe place where you can explore who Jesus is and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But last week, if you weren't here, uh, we did Vision Day, and we had bricks all the way across the front of the auditorium. You may have seen some of that on social media. It was so incredibly moving just to see everybody coming up and putting their name on a brick. And I, I wasn't really anticipating just how incredibly moving it was going to be even for me personally. And I've talked to so many people that weren't just new believers but have walked with Jesus for decades who just it completely overwhelmed them. Because in that moment, all of us had that experience of, of saying, wow, I'm a child of God. And, I, and I am, I'm surrounded by Jesus and you see that wall out there, and I'm surrounded by him, I'm safe and secure in him, but I'm also safe and secure in the body of Christ. So I think it was an incredible representation. If you did not get a brick, if you missed last week, well, uh, too sorry, too bad, you missed out, you don't get one. Um, no, I'm kidding. If you were out of town and you weren't able to be a part of that, and honestly, from this point going forward, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is a wall that is not done. It has just gotten started. And our hope is that it'll fill the entire uh, uh, lobby wall. And so what I'd like for you to do is if you call Core Church your home and you're a follower of Jesus, immediately following the service, you can go back to the next steps room. There'll be people back in there and just tell them, say, I, I want to get a brick. I want my name on that wall. And they will take care of you. And we're going to do that every single Sunday. Somebody comes to faith or is baptized, they're going to get their name on a brick. So do that after um, the service. If you have a Bible, let's go to Luke chapter 8, and uh, we are beginning a brand new series. While you're looking up Luke chapter 8, we're beginning a brand new series called Relasting Ships, and in your ch on your chair is a card that you can take and give to a friend, and it's also for you as a reminder. Go to relastingships.com. This is really cool. Check this out. We are going to be giving away uh, dinner for two, compliments of Logan's Roadhouse, and you go to that website to register to win. It's completely free. And what you're going to do when you go to that website is you're going to submit questions about relationships. And every Tuesday, everybody say Tuesday. Tuesday. Every Tuesday, Laura and I are going to have a video posted with your questions. Now, 
Every question will be anonymous. So if you have some crazy question, you're like, I don't want anybody to know that I'm asking this, and this is my wife or my husband, and, I, and I'm just, don't, we're not going to mention any names. We're just going to have questions, and we're going to answer some of the difficult questions that, frankly, we don't have time to address here on this stage. So every Tuesday, go to relastingships.com, and you can submit questions. You can also watch the, the video that we have there. Every week, this is a really, really important series. Uh, this is our relationship series we do every year in the month of February, where we talk about the most important thing other than our relationship with Jesus is our relationship with one another. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about it. If you're coming next week, we're going to be talking about marriage. Laura and I are going to be co-teaching together. Laura and I have been married over 31 years, and we are best friends, and we are more in love today than we've ever been in love and I'm very secure in her love for me, and she's very secure in, her love, in my love for her. And so we want to share with you how in the heck have we made it 31 years. We get that question a lot, and we're going to answer that next week. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about parenting. So if you've got kids or you want to have kids, those of you that don't have kids, you have the advantage because you're not already behind the eight ball. Uh, so if you don't have kids yet or you've got little ones, you're going to love the parenting message that we have. And then we're going to finish up with a guy's weekend. Uh, the locker room weekend, the last weekend of February, and then the first weekend of March with the ladies. They're going to have a ladies weekend. Carrie Eaton is coming, and she's going to be speaking. You can get registered for both those out in the lobby. So this is going to be a great series, and so I hope you're going to be here for the, the whole thing. Uh, but we're going to be in Luke chapter 8. If you'd stand, we're going to read this uh, together. And if you don't have a Bible, uh, we give them away for free. And so at the end of the service, just come to the front. We'll make sure you get one. Luke is in the New Testament. This is uh, Luke was not a disciple of Jesus, but he came along after all that whole experience and he converted to Christianity and he began to talk to disciples and witnesses and everyone about the accounts of Jesus. So Luke, his gospel is pretty cool because we get a pretty uh, in-depth look at who Jesus' life was and who he was from the eyewitnesses and the people who all did that. And so this is one of these stories, Luke chapter 8 and verse 22 is where we're going to start, verse 22. I'm in the New Living Translation. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat, and they started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap, but soon a fierce storm came down on the lake, and the boat was filling with water, and and they were in real danger. The disciples went, and they woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. And then he asked them, where where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's pray together. God, for your word, thank you so much. What a gift. And we just ask that in these moments that we have together to open your word, that you would just speak to us now, uh, that we would hear from you. Uh, Church, I invite you, like we do every week, pray for those around you. You don't have to do that out loud, but just pray for the, you might know them, you might not, but maybe the people in front of you or behind you, that they just hear what God wants to say, and then pray for yourself. Say, man, God, what do you want to say to me today? And then pray for me as your pastor, um, that I will will be like ninja-like today in my preaching, in Jesus' name. And if you're ready, give me a big amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. Well, how many of you remember uh, your best friend from childhood or one of your best friends from childhood? Anybody, you got 
a name, you like you think of that person. Yeah, we all had that best friend from childhood. How, how many of you are still best friends with that person from childhood? Wow, that's amazing. I, I, that's crazy. You're still best friends with that person. That, that's unbelievable. I think, I think it's interesting. Have you ever looked up an old friend on Facebook? Well, that can be scary, can't it? <laughs> like you come across them, you're like, oh my gosh, there they are. Oh my gosh, there they are. What are they doing? What is that picture? Not sending a friend request. You know those kind of people, or you look up, come on ladies, just be honest, you, you look up the, the old cheerleader, the, the girl in high school that just had it going on, and you're just hoping she's gotten a little bit portly, aren't you? You'd Come on, let's just church, be honest, be open, you're just like, oh yes, two bits, four bits, six bits of ice cream, that got you girl, uh-huh. Yeah, who's doing a back spring over handstand now? Not you. I'm preaching up in here right now. But we, but we all have these, these friends, and I, I think what, one of the weirdest things is when you get a friend request from the opposite sex of somebody you went to high school with, because you're like, what, what are they, you didn't, you didn't even notice me in high school. Now, now you're noticing me? And then you ever notice, like, you look at their, you look at their page, and it says, recently divorced. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, no friend request. But we all have friends. We all have friends from our past, but, and some of us have those friends that have continued on with us from our childhood, but for most of us, those friends have, have drifted away. And for a lot of, we, we lose friends for a lot of different reasons. Um, honestly, some of it is just because we grow up and we move, and so you just lose track of somebody. Sometimes it's maturity, like you mature and they don't, and so you, you don't stay friends with them. Uh, sometimes it's just because you're, you start to get older and you don't have the same interests, and so that, that can happen. Sometimes it can be a little bit deeper than that. Sometimes it can become because of conflict. There's some conflict that happened in your relationship, and then and maybe there's some jealousy or there was some, some betrayal. It was really difficult on you, and you saw those friendships just destroyed. And it's, so what I want us to do today that we're going to do for a few minutes here is talk about how, how do we develop friendships that last, that really last through everything. And so I thought it'd be good for us today if we looked at Jesus' disciples. Because Jesus had these 12 disciples, and, and when we look at their life, it's crazy because they were just kind of thrown together from all kinds of different backgrounds. And, and, and they came together, and they traveled together, and, and they were together for over three years. And, and when we think of the disciples, and if you've not done much study of Scripture you have this impression that the disciples always got along. Like they just ran around, we're just doing miracles with Jesus and we're just having fun. We just love each other. Yes, we are. We're locking arms and arms. You know, I mean, just that's what our picture is of the disciples. But if you really drill down and you really paid attention to the scriptures, there were times these guys, they did not like each other. Like there was conflict. They were jealous of one another. There was betrayal, but yet... Through all of that, their friendship lasted. So how? How did it last? I, I want us to talk about that today, and I want us to look at a, at a storm that they all went through together, because I think we find some answers in this. So let's go to Luke 8.22. Let's go back there. Luke 8.22. It says this, one day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So what? Let's say this together. They what? Got into a boat. So they got into a boat, and they started out. 
So here's the picture. Jesus has just finished teaching, and they get in this boat, and they begin to travel together. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I want you to write down this morning is friendships that last get off the shore and into a boat. Friendships that last get off the shore and into a boat. There's this uh, place in Tulsa, I think it's kind of like an icon in Tulsa, Gardner's Books. Anybody ever heard of Gardner's Books? Let me see how many of you know. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a Tulsa icon. Maybe you've not ever heard of this. It's kind of a crazy store. It started like in the early 90s, and this guy just started this little used bookstore, and now it's this place that sits around 46th Domingo. And, and I've gone there periodically, and when you go in there, it's just like, um, it's like the Dust Bowl when you can walk in there. And nothing's changed since 1991 when you walk in there, but there are books everywhere. And it's a really cool store because um, they don't just have books. It's, it's, it's just very um, nostalgic. They have comic books. They have old DVDs, even VC, VCR tapes, if you remember those, uh, old records. And so I, you remember I got my record player, and so I've started frequently, frequently in that place a little more often. So Laura and I have been going there. Uh, and so on our dates, we'll go there once in a while, and I look through them, and, and, I, and I'm just like, man, these are so cool. And I'm looking at these records. So we were there a couple of weeks ago on our date. And when we walked in, I saw the sign that said half off in our warehouse. I was like, oh, I didn't know you had a warehouse. And so I walked up to the guy and said, hey, how do you get to the warehouse? Do you go through here or where do you go? And he said, no, you got to get in your car and you got to drive around to the back. Oh, okay, so we get in our car and we drive to the back and there's this separate building that I didn't even know existed. And we walk in, this building, I promise you, was every bit as big as this room that we're all sitting in right now. Filled with books, comic books, DVDs, and records. As far as you could see, all half price. I mean, I was just going nuts because in the records, the records were like half price. They were like 50 cents, buy one, get one free. And I picked up this Frank Sinatra album. That's from his very first movie, but I digress because it's an amazing album and it plays beautifully. And so I get this and I'm looking through these records. I'm like, this is amazing. And I was like talking to the guy. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm overwhelmed. There's so many books here. And he goes, oh, this isn't our only warehouse. This isn't your only one. He's actually, this is our smallest warehouse. What? And he begins to tell me that they have a warehouse that's the size of a football field filled with books. I had been going to Gardner's for years, and all I knew was basically the storefront. That's all I knew was just the front part. I had no idea there was more to it than that. This may be some of your experience of what church is. That when you, when you look at the church and when you say, I go to church, what you may really be talking about is this, Sunday morning. Well, I, I go to church, I, I go on Sunday morning. In, in other words, I, I come and, and I, 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 sit in a, I sit in a seat and this is, this is it. And, and I, have, I have my row I sit in. Y'all got your rows. I, y'all, y'all got your seats. Y'all know where you sit. I know where y'all sit. I know whether you're here or you're not here. I, I look over here to my right. A, April, April Reynolds right over here to my right on the second row. Am I right? I am right on, right there. Sister, right back here is Mike and Nellie Martin in this section over here. Back in the back is going to be Chris and Sarah Foster. Uh, sitting in the back over here is George and Melanie Sanders. They always sit back, left, 
there they are right there, okay? And right next to them is Jeff and Penny. And then over here, uh, the guys are not here today because they always take up that one row over there. And somebody's sitting in their row today, so I don't know what's going on there. And, and it, uh, right here is Todd and Jesse Wetzel. The entire Born Sobolewski clan takes up this section right over here. I know where y'all sit. I, I, you know, so we have this place, right? This is, this is where I sit, and this is, this is where I, 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 church happens. And so when we say to people, and, and I think at times we might all do this, when we say, I go to church, what we're really talking about is this. We're, we're talking about Sunday morning. But I want you to turn to somebody and tell them there, there's more to church than that. There's more to church than just Sunday morning. Just like when we were at Gardeners, there was so much more to that. There is so much more to church than Sunday morning. In fact, this right here, this is what I call the starting point. This is where church begins. Not where it ends, but where it begins. I mean, just think about this. Like, think, of, think of Peter when Jesus told him to get in a boat and go to the other side. Think if Peter had said this, uh, hey, I tell you what, I'm, uh, y'all go ahead. I'm going to stay right here. I love your preaching. And I'm going to be right here next week. So when you come back, I'm going to be right here. That would just be weird. Peter didn't do that. Peter got in the boat. It says that after Jesus preached, so after church, uh, it says they got into the boat and they started out. They started out. In other words, that was where they began. This is why we have something we call starting point. We talk about this every week, and if you're a regular attender, you've heard us talk about it, and we talk about starting point a lot because we want you to know that there's more than just this right here. So there's an orange brochure in the front. It tells you about our church, but we always say, hey, go to starting point. If you're new to core church, you should go to starting point. It happens right out in the next steps room, right out there by the front door. We talk about it all the time because we want you to know this isn't just all that we are about. There's so much more. And when you go to Starting Point, that's where you find out about all the different ministries, all the different ways that you can get involved, things we have for your kids, things we have for youth. It's why at the end of the service, I always pull out and say, hey, take out your next step card. You guys hear me say that all the time. Take out your next step card. The reason I do that is because I want you to know that there's more than just this. That, that when you come and you grab a next step card and you fill that out, Somebody is going to help you to take that next step into the body of Christ. Because there's so much more, like the disciples getting into the boat. We were created, and this is one of our core values, we were created to live in community with one another. Last week I talked about that core value of community. We exist to live in community with one another. Let's say that together. We exist to live in community with one another. I want you to write this down because this is really the crux of what I'm trying to get said today. Like, rows are great, but, but circles, circles are better. Like, rows are great, but circles, circles are better. Turn to the person next to you and say, rows are great, but circles are better. <clears throat> See, the, the, the early church the early church, this is how they lived. They, they lived in community with one another. They got beyond the rows. It says in Acts chapter 2, you can read this later, write that down, Acts chapter 2. 
But in Acts chapter 2, it says that they, they met at the temple, and they listened to the apostles' teaching. It's kind of what we're doing right now. We're, we're meeting in the church, in the church building, and we're listening to the word of God. But it says they got beyond that. It says this, they were devoted to one another. In, in other words, they, they were devoted to circles. It, it was a priority for them. It was, it was everything to them. And what you need and what I need is a small circle of friends that are in the boat with us. You need that. I need that. You need that. We need that small circle of friends. Not, not just the how you doing crowd. Not the, hey, what's up? Hey, good to see you. How's it going? Not, not that crowd. I, I, when I'm talking about a small circle of friends, I'm talking about people that know your name. They don't ever forget your name. One of the things that can be so frustrating when you come to church is you can come for a while, you're like, man, nobody, nobody even remembers my name. And you get all bent out of shape about it. I've watched people do this over the years. In, in 30 plus years of being in church, I've seen people leave a church just because they say, well, nobody knew my name. It's like, well, did you know anybody's name? Well, no, but that's beside the point. If nobody knows your name, it's because you're living life in a row and not circles. You need people that know your name, that know your story, that know whether you're married, whether you're divorced, how many times you've been divorced, how many times you've been remarried, how many stepkids you got, how many stepkids you don't have, the struggles, the pain, the difficulties, and the trials that you're going through. You need those kind of people in your life. Here's the other thing, though. We need a safe place where you can ask the difficult questions. Show of hands, complete honesty, this is church. How many of you do not understand all of the Bible? Raise your hand. Hold it up. Look around. Look around. There's like two people here that understand all the Bible. Nobody else does. <laughs> you need some people that you can sit in a circle with and go, Okay, so Brad said that one thing. I don't have a clue what he meant by that. Like, what is that? What's he talking about? And this person sitting in this seat can go, I don't know. <laughs> and this person sitting in this seat can go, maybe we should find out. So you, you have, you're in these, these circles, and you can ask the difficult questions. And you can wrestle with the beliefs that you have. You can actually, how many of you have ever said this? I'm not sure if I, if I believe that. You've heard something preached or something you've read in the Bible. I'm not sure if I believe that. Look around. Hands up. Look around. Again, like only four of you, just carte blanche. Congratulations to you. You've never struggled. The rest of us, including me, have struggled at times understanding what this is all talking about. Understanding even the simple concepts of Scripture like, why did Jesus have to die on a cross? Why blood? Like, we talk about blood all the time. What's the blood thing all about? I mentioned this at Vision Night. That was a struggle that I had till I was almost 30 years old. Like, I was saved in the church, and I was embarrassed to ask that question. Because I didn't feel like it was safe for me to ask that question, because I thought people were like, man, he's a preacher's kid, and he's kind of been in the church, and he's been saved for several years. He should know the answer to that. I did not know the answer! And you got to have people that you're in a circle with that you can, you can ask those questions to, that you can, you can wrestle. And here's the thing. The disciples, they did this with Jesus. This is what they did. 
they, Jesus would get up and he would teach. For instance, he would teach about uh, like the, the farmer scattering the seed, which is one of the parables, and he tells this story about this farmer scattering the seeds. And then he pulls the disciples aside, and, and the disciples end up in a circle with him, and they ask him, you read about this in Scripture, they're like, Jesus like sitting here, they're like, we ain't got no clue what you meant by the seed thing. Could you explain that? Because I know we're supposed to be following you. We all look like idiots out there. What are you talking about? So Jesus then explains it to them. And you need that safe place. But let's be honest. It is so much easier to circle up with Netflix than it is a circle of friends. Come on now. Now I'm preaching because now it's getting quiet up in here. Some of y'all, that's where, that's where you, you, your, your thing is, I'm going to circle up with, you know, every, every Monday night we have a little group study, me and Grey's Anatomy. That's what we do. <laughs> I, you know, Alex and Christina, they're struggling right now, but, you know, I'm, I know their story. I know their story, and I'm praying for them. <laughs> and I'll see you here next Monday night. That is so easy. You know why that's easy? Because you don't have to get involved in their junk. And hopefully it's going to get solved in two or three episodes or two or three seasons. And you can whip through those pretty quickly, can't you? Get to the, I, I got to get this resolved. You know, you can binge watch, get it all done and get the problem resolved. Groups don't work that way. You get in a circle of friends, it don't work that way. It's messy. It's rough at times. Guess what? You may not have the answers for them. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to have, you're going to have to share your stuff. And when you're Small circle of friends is Netflix. You don't have to share anything. One hour and click. I'm done. I don't have to share anything. But that is not the way God intended for us to live. He wants us in circles and not rows. Rows are great, but circles are better. Let's say that together. Rows are great, but circles are better. Now, another reason why circles are better than rows is because storms are coming. Verse 23, as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. Oh, I love Jesus. Took Jesus was a napper. Amen. Hallelujah. Naps are righteous and holy. Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> I love it. You guys like, hey, you napping. Like, hey, what would Jesus be doing right now? I'm gonna, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna come up with a brace at WWJN. When would Jesus nap? That's what I'm gonna do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but soon a fierce storm came down on the lake, and the boat was filling with water, and, and they were what? They were what? In real danger. These are fishermen, many of them in the boat, accomplished fishermen, been on this lake many, many, many times. So if they're saying they're in real danger, you know this is rough rough water they're in. And it says the disciples went and they woke him up. They woke up Jesus shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. I want you to write this down. Friendships that last, stay in the boat through the storm. Friendships that last, stay in the boat through the storm. A couple of months ago, we had some really high winds come through, and um, I got a text from my son, and, and he said, hey, Dad, bad news. Got a tree down in the backyard. Great. 
excited about this. So I come home that night, and I walk in, and everybody's like, hey, Dad. Like, don't look out in the back. Oh, man, as a dad, that just cringes you. You're just like, oh. So I look, and they're like, no, no, don't look. Eat first. Eat first. Because <laughs> I'm hypoglycemic. So they want food in me before I explode. And so I look out in the back, and one Bradford pear is down and is taking the entire fence down with it. The other Bradford pear is leaning almost on my neighbor's house. And in that moment, I mean, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm like, because all I'm seeing is dollar signs and time. Dollar signs and time. Because I, honestly, you know, I know some of you just, just call the guy. Hey, just come fix my fence and just do this. I, I, I can't do that, okay? So I'm sitting there and I'm going, I don't have the time to fix this. I do not have the money to fix this, and I'm just, I'm just completely overwhelmed. And so I, well, I, I got to get it done. And so I look out. My neighbor has already started cutting the one tree that fell in his yard. Like He's not a guy that's like, get your tree out of my yard. He's a great guy, and he's like, hey, let me help you. And he starts cutting the tree, and he's already got almost all of it cut and moved. And then he's like, hey, Brad, I got a guy that lives out in the country, he can come get these limbs and we can haul them off to the country. So that's what we did. We loaded them up and we, we hauled them off. And then I called a tree guy because I had to get the other tree cut down professionally uh, so that my neighbor's house would live and survive. And so I called this tree guy and he comes, he cuts that down. And then my son, Jeremiah, comes to me and he's like, hey, dad, why don't you let me dig those fence posts out and I'll pour the concrete and I'll get the fence posts set for you. Okay, that last part was a complete lie. <laughs> my son did not do that. That's in a couple of weeks when we talk about parenting, okay? <laughs> no, I went to my son. I said, guess what, buddy? I know, Dad, I know. We're digging fence posts, aren't we? Yes, we are. And there were only two down. I like, you got number one, and I got fence post number two. Now, I got mine out in like, it, it, they were deep, and I, it took about two and a half hours just for me to get this one fence post out. It took my son like two and a half days. I'm not saying, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know? So... But what I realized in that moment, I was completely overwhelmed, and there was no way I was going to be able to, to fix any of this by myself. I had to have people. I had to have somebody come in and help me. Listen, storms are coming, just like here for the disciples. Storms are coming. You're going to experience them. Either, either you've been in one, you're in one right now, or you're going to be in one. Now, that's not fun preaching right there, but it's the truth. So where are you at in that, in that process? Because for, for some of you, it's, it's been the storm of your marriage. For some of you, it's been the storm of, uh, with your kids, or, or maybe it's with your parents, or maybe it's a, a financial storm, or it's a, it's a health storm. I don't, I don't know what your storm is. Maybe the storm was friendship. Maybe there was this storm you went through as friends, and it just tore you apart. Maybe, maybe you created the, the, your own storm through your own poor choices, your own poor decisions, and you fell into sin. My, my question on that is when life, when life overwhelms you, who do you turn to? Who, who's in the storm with you? Are, are the right people in the storm with you? Because it says that the disciples... We're in real danger. And I, I love this picture here because they go, they go right 
to Jesus. <laughs> this is so great. They go right to Jesus. They're like, get up. Why are you napping? There is a storm. I mean, they just, they just go right to him. Now, you may have never viewed this as a prayer, but that, my friends, is a prayer. Because what did they do? They were in trouble. They went to Jesus. They told him their trouble and asked him to help. That's a prayer. Turn to somebody and tell them, that's a prayer. Listen, we need a circle of friends who turn to Jesus. You need people in this circle that love Jesus. This small circle of friends, we are called by the Lord to reach out to people who are far from God. And if you're far from God, I pray you have a friend, a friend who cares about you as much as Jesus cared about people far from God. But that tight circle of friends that you're doing life with, that you're sharing openly and honestly about everything in your life, I hope that they love Jesus because you need the kind of friends that will turn in a moment like that and they will pray for you and they will pray with you and they will pray over you nonstop. Now when I say that, almost every believer in the place starts to cringe. Oh, well, I, uh, I'm just uncomfortable praying out loud. I just, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable with that because, you know, I... I, I I don't know what to say, um, and uh, I might say the wrong thing, and I'm, I'm not really qualified, not really holy enough to do that. Imagine if the disciples had taken that stance in the middle of the storm. Like, they stand up, there's this massive storm going, and right in the middle of it, Peter's just like, well, um, I'm not going to go ask Jesus because I feel uncomfortable talking to him out loud. And um, I, frankly, I don't know what to say. It's Jesus, son of God. I mean, he, I don't know. He wakes up. I don't know what to say to him. And I just, and frankly, I'm not qualified. Remember, guys, I'm going to betray him later. I, you don't know about that, but I'm going to do that later. I'm just not qualified. Wouldn't that be crazy? What did, what did they do? Man, these guys, they just, they all went, to, they all went together. They didn't send a spokesperson. They all went together and said, hey, Wake up! We're going to drown! Listen, when you're in a storm, and if you've never prayed that way, you ain't ever really been in a storm. Because when you get in a storm, that's how you start praying. When you know people, and you're in a tight circle, oh man, now I'm, I'm listen, he, here's what we do, and, and, and we mean well with this, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with this, because you can't be best friends with everybody. There's probably maybe three or four people that you can be this tight with. Most people, when they're going through a storm, you're like, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. Or you might say a prayer for them, but you don't really carry it. Because honestly, you're not really meant to necessarily carry that. But these people, if you have these people in your life, these people in a circle with you, guess what happens? When, when they go through a storm, man, you go through the storm with them. Like you don't stop praying for them. You don't stop praying over them. You don't stop praying with them. You're constantly going to Jesus and, and you're not just like praying the little, well, you know, I'm going to be praying for you. Hope things get better. No, you cry out to Jesus on their behalf. I mean, there's times you're like, wake up. Like, do you not see what's happening? That's, that's in our humanness. That's what happens, and that's how we pray. That's just a cry from the heart that they care for one another and they love one another. Do you have people in your life like that? 
All right, so I know most everybody t- struggles praying out loud. Just turn, just tell somebody, say, I struggle praying out loud. Come on, everybody, everybody, I struggle praying out loud. Everybody does, and everybody says that, and that's their excuse, and that's their cop-out for not praying out loud. It's a total cop-out. It's a cop-out. It's not right. And it can't be said about us in this church. If you don't know how to pray out loud, you need to learn how to pray out loud. I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. But here, here, maybe if you can't pray out loud, and I know some of you, this is a great, great struggle of yours. You're, all re- you're just sweating right now thinking about it. I want you to write this down. Everybody do it together so everybody acts like you're all struggling, okay? So not like you look at that person, I ain't writing this down because I don't want anybody to know I'll struggle with this. Oh, you struggle? All right. Everybody write this down. Okay, you ready? If I can talk to my friends, I can pray for my friends. Woo! If I can talk to my friends, I can pray for my friends. Okay, turn to somebody right now and say, if I can talk to you, I can pray for you. If I can talk to you, I can pray for you. So, so, so who's in your circle? Rows are great. Circles are better. Who's, who's in your circle? And the truth is, for, for some of you, I, I understand. I mean, I just know where you're at. You're like, man, if I'm honest, Brad, I... I, I don't, people really don't know my name. And they don't really know my struggle, and I've never, ever been able to talk to anybody about my doubts. I've never, never, never been able to do that. And um, I've been through a storm, going through a storm right now, and I, frankly, I don't even know who I'd call. <laughs> I'd call you, Brad, or I'd call a staff member because I wouldn't know anybody else to call. I want to help you with that. Because we don't want to abandon you. And I certainly don't want to abandon you as a pastor. And I want to just tell you something concrete that has worked for me for 30 years in developing this circle of friends. Is the church is the best place to find that. But I'll just be straight up with you. You're not going to find it here. You're just not. You're just not going to find it here. You've got, you got to take that next step. We have a couple of environments that I think are incredibly healthy and help with that. One of them is called Core Community. And Core Community is the first Wednesday of every month, and you probably heard us talk about this, and it's where we gather out there in the lobby, and it's a really cool environment. It's just a great place where it's real low-key, and you get to sit around some tables, you get to eat with people, and get to, it's just, you get to know some other people outside, and we're all in circles together. And, and it's, what the coolest thing about core community for me is we have worship, but we also have a time of prayer. And we get in circles and we pray for one another. But nobody has to pray out loud. So what's really cool when you come to core community is you might get in a circle and you're totally intimidated about praying, but you don't have to pray. And so what happens is then you begin to hear other people in the circle pray and you learn how to pray. Like you hear them pray and you're just like, I'm totally ripping off that prayer. That was a good one. I'm just using that one next time. <laughs> That's how I learned how to pray. I just learned from others. That's how he prayed. That's how I'm going to pray. Oh, that, I learned from them. I, I learn all the time. Even as a pastor, I have not perfected prayer. But I get around people, I hear them pray. I'm like, That's a really good way to pray. I'm going to put that in the archives and remember to pray that way. It, it, core community is a great place for that. Core groups is another great environment. We just came through the month of January where we signed up and everybody getting involved in groups. I want to let you know it's not too late to get in a circle, to get in a group of people, because in groups, and I want you to know this, when you get into groups, 
Groups is not a step into the circle, okay? I don't you misunderstand this. When you get into a core group, it's not like you come your very first time, hi, uh, I struggle with lust, envy, and jealousy. You don't do that. No, not with people you don't know. But the hope is, is that when you get into this circle, you get into a group of people, when you're in that group, you're going to find two or three other people that you identify with. And over time, over time, you're going to begin to know them and you're going to begin to trust them. And there's going to be people, you might be in a group of 12 or 15 people, and there might be two to three people in that group that really, really know you. But that environment of groups is the best place for that to happen, best place to find those kinds of relationships. So I just encourage you, grab a next step card, fill that out. Get into a group. We want to get you into a group. Another great place to do that is we've got two weekends coming up here. We've got uh, the locker room event and we've got our women's event that are coming up. And when you come on those weekends, you're going to have an opportunity, men, to meet other men that are just like you and have the same struggles you have. Ladies, when you come on the women's weekend, you're going to get to meet women. And I'm excited because Mark Martinez is here. He's from the locker room. Come up here, Mark. Give Mark a hand. Now, here's the cool thing about the locker room is Mark is not an ordained, theologically trained minister. He's a guy just like you, but he caught this vision to start this conference, and they did it up in Kansas City, and God has just birthed it in him to take this out nationally. We're only the second church to host this, but he's come today to be our guest, and man, I just wanted you to get a quick preview of what men can expect at the locker room. Absolutely. First of all, let me say thank you. Uh, a couple of things you said, I took some notes down. Number one, naps. <laughs> Kate and Nico, stand up for a second. We came in last night. We got in about midnight. Kate had a soccer game. Earlier that day, I said, take a nap. And so for you to say take a nap today affirms oh. <laughs> that you need to take a nap. So, <laughs> so listen, I want to speak to the men first and then speak to the women. And the timing of this conference and your message today is nothing but ordained by God. When we set this date, we had no clue what you would be preaching about, but you nailed it. Mm. Relationships. So for the men, and I've seen Larry stand up in the back over here with the cards. Many of you have signed up, and I commend you for that. I can tell you that that's not the norm. We show up at churches, guys just sit back, they wait till the last two weeks, or they don't show up at all. So number one, you're ahead of the curve. But... The curve is there, the storms, right? And so the locker room is about spending the day with guys together being vulnerable. Whether you played sports, whether or not you took gym at school, you were in a locker room. And, and I know women had locker rooms as well. We never went in yours. But for the guys, <laughs> but, but for the guys, you were in the locker room and you were vulnerable, right? Mm. And you, what you also did is you had other guys on your team that you were accountable to. So the locker room is about balancing vulnerability and accountability. Mm. And that's what we're going to do in that day. Now, let's also talk about the locker. You see that locker sitting out there in the lobby. There's a reason why Larry came to Kansas City, drove back with that locker. Because men today walk life with all the crap in our lockers. We all have it, mm. right? And guess what? Some of it is generational because we picked up daddy's crap. The guys that show up on the 27th will hear about my daddy's crap. 
The only guy who started with a clean locker was Adam, and he messed it up. And from there, we've been stuffing stuff in our lockers. And when you talk about relationships and circles, what we tend to do is we close that locker, and we walk through life, and the only person in that locker with us is the enemy telling us who we're not. So on the 27th, you're not going to get a day of pounding about what you're not doing and how fall, you fall short of the world's expectations. You get that enough outside, right? Now, Jeremiah talks about giving you a hope, right, in the future. So now we're going to talk about a hope in the future, but don't let me mislead you. You're going to be challenged. And like Larry likes to say, we're going to get up in your grill a little bit, right? And you might feel a little offended, but that's all right. Because you're in a circle of friends on the 27th. And not only are we going to do it on the 27th and work with Pastor Brad, Pastor Daniel, Larry, and some of the other men, we're going to come back. Because we can only do so much on the 27th, right? So we want to come back a couple of times throughout the year and then have much smaller sessions, smaller circles where we unpack stuff in the locker. And so for you, I say, well, what's in my locker? Your pride is in your locker. Your fear Men don't like to talk about that, but women, we are fearful at times. And you see it, we just don't tell you, right? And then there's those little sins that are sitting over here that grow up to be big sins, and we wonder, how did that little sin get so big? We fed it. We nurtured it, right? Now, let me talk to the women for a second. Pray for us. I mean that sincerely. The locker room conference in Kansas City was successful because women prayed. Pray for us. And for those of you that are either with your husband or significant other or your friend, and he hasn't signed up, sign him up. If he gets mad at you, that's not your problem. That's between him and the Lord. Sign him up. (laughs) All you got to do is go to Larry and sign him up. If he doesn't show up, that's on him. I'm not saying drag him out the room and get him here because that's a problem at home. And then you're going to say, well, I'll cause a problem in my relationship. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to fix it. Sign him up. The last thing for the women, pray for us on the day of the conference. Amen. We had women, and I'm not encouraging this, but we had women prayer walking the day of our conference for that. And I'll close with this. We had a guy that's been coming to, we meet every Sunday at our church. And my plan here for CORE is that when we leave this locker room conference, we're going to equip the men that are going to stand up. And you guys are going to have a locker room prayer group here that meets every Sunday morning. We're going to give you the tools, we're going to give you some of the resources, and then we're going to turn you loose. But there's no easy button, right? you got to walk this out. I had a lady come up to me after her husband attended the conference. She said, I want to thank you. She said, I want to thank you. She said, my, my husband is different today. They've been married for 40 years, right? My husband's different. Intentionality is what you're going to learn about and rejecting passivity on the 27th. Don't you dare not come, all right? You need to do, be better. We all need to be better. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Give Mark a hand. <laughs> Rows are great. Circles are better. You bow your heads. Father, just examine us right now. Maybe for you today, you're a follower of Jesus, but you just want to confess to God. I've been living in rows and not circles. And God, I want to get out of the row. I want to get into the circle. God, I'm willing to take whatever step is necessary for me to get out of this row.
get into a circle. God, teach me to be a man or a woman of prayer. Whatever that is that you need to surrender to him right now, would you just surrender that to him? Whatever area he's calling you to as a Christ follower, I want to surrender that right now. If you've identified an area, all heads bow, that you need to surrender, would you just slip up your hand so I know that I need to pray for some people today? Got you, thank you. In the front, in the middle, on the sides, all the way into the back. God, for these who are surrendering right now, areas of their life, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit, you'd overwhelm them, you'd fill them completely, you'd let them know they're not alone, and you're going to help them to take this next step. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you into a relationship with him today. Jesus, Son of God, died on a cross, risen again, God in the flesh, came and that blood that was shed, even though you may not understand everything about it, you may be just like I was several decades ago. I don't understand all of that, but I want it. I want my sins forgiven. I want to come back to him. Maybe today is your day to fully give your life to Jesus. You say, Brad, I'm not a follower of Jesus, but today I want to become a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you've just wandered from him. You've been away from him for a long time. You need to come back and you need to recommit to him. If that's you today, I, I won't embarrass you. I just want to know how to pray for you. Is anybody like that today? Raise your hand so I can pray for you. Today, I am recommitting my life to Jesus, or today, I'm giving my life to Jesus for the first time. Just slip your hand up and let me see where you're at. Thank you, Father, for those today who are choosing to follow you. And may our prayer be an acknowledgement. You are the Son of God. You did die. You were resurrected again. We place our faith in you. We live for you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.